A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Buried Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm so glad that you've joined us on the program today. Getting close to Christmas. Hopefully uh, you're caught up on your shopping. Actually went out with Missy over the weekend, and I think we got everything accomplished that we needed to get accomplished. So we're in pretty good shape. Uh, we will be doing uh, programs, by the way, uh, all this week, at least through Thursday. And then, uh, well, we'll talk about what happens after that a little bit later on in the week. I am going to take a couple of days off here uh, over the holidays. But not today. In fact, today we're going to be talking about uh, yet another attempt uh, by folks on the left to come up with some type of gun control proposal that uh, they think they can get conservatives behind. Yeah. This is at the uh, Lansing State Journal, a conservative solution to America's gun safety problem by uh, Brian Waldman and uh, Barry Waldman, father and son duo there, who uh, are, are really into the idea of going after our right to keep and bear arms through through car insurance. Yeah, this is what they say. Quote, there was a time that whenever liberals called for limitations on gun rights, conservatives were quick to correctly point out that automobiles killed more people than guns. I, I don't know that conservatives were all that quick to talk about that. Anyway, they say uh, the argument lost ground in roughly 2015 when after years of decline in auto-related deaths and years of increasing gun deaths, the numbers of deaths caused by guns and vehicles were essentially the same. Since that time, gun deaths have continued to rise and auto deaths have turned it downward. And yeah, actually, that's not quite the case. In 2020, for instance, there were more car fatalities, more, more, more fatal car accidents, I should say, even though there were fewer Americans driving and there were fewer miles traveled, we actually did see the number of uh, fatal car accidents go up. But that eh, it doesn't fit with the Waldman's narrative here, so they're not going to talk about it. They say, uh, quote, even though these statistics no longer create a good argument for gun advocates, the comparison is still fair. Is it? The Constitution of the United States, they write, allows Americans to enjoy individual rights and freedoms. However, there can be no dispute that sometimes we must limit individual rights to protect the public from being harmed. So it makes sense that we as a society should use the model that worked to increase automobile safety and decrease auto deaths to increase gun safety and decrease gun deaths. We certainly aren't the first, they write, to suggest this approach. No, they're not. And it's not any better this time around. Because ultimately what we're talking about here is the exercise of a constitutionally protected right. Now, you don't have the right to own a car in the Constitution. There is, I believe, inherent a freedom to travel, although it's not an enumerated right in the Constitution. But cars and guns are treated differently by our laws because they should be. We have a right to possess a firearm. We don't have a right, although we might have a necessity these days, to possess a car. So where are they going with this? Well, they talk about how under Michigan law, uh, there's this uh, Michigan vehicle code. They say uh, uh, 400 laws telling motorists on which side of the road to drive, when they need to stop at an intersection, how fast they can drive. And they say, quote, importantly, it also requires motorists, all motorists, to purchase insurance. And the law requires insurance companies to include coverage for intentional acts that harm innocent victims. It does so 
because, like conservatives correctly point out regarding gun use, cars are typically driven safety, but they also have the ability to severely injure or kill people. Some car owners recklessly increase the risk, but even responsible drivers can make mistakes. Very few people have the financial resources required even to begin to compensate victims and their families for the harm that they've caused by their recklessness or honest mistakes. Indeed, they write this is exactly what insurance was designed to do, pay a loss that a person can't afford on their own in the unlikely occurrence of worst-case scenarios. So you know where we're going with this, right? Yeah. Mandatory insurance for gun owners. Yeah. This free market system, they say, to improve safety could easily be implemented for guns. Every gun would need to be insured. All those in a household would need to be identified. Insurers could give discounts for things that make guns safer, like trigger locks, just as they do for safety features in cars like airbags. Okay, and again, keep in mind, this is supposedly the conservative argument for gun safety, right? Oh, we just need to require that every gun owner in America uh, uh, possess insurance. We have to identify, of course, everybody in the home uh, with a firearm. <clears throat> couple of things, too. Um, mandatory insurance for automobiles has not led to every driver on the road having car insurance, right? Some of you may actually have dealt with a situation where somebody plowed into your car and they did not have insurance. Yeah, sucks. Um, so the idea that, well, look, if we just pass this mandate, everybody's going to abide by the mandate, problem solved. That's not how the real world works. It's not how the real world works. Violent criminals, bad actors, felons in possession of firearms, you really think they're going to go out and buy insurance for the guns that they're not supposed to own? Something tells me the answer to that is no. Instead, again, the burden is going to fall on responsible gun owners, people who are lawfully exercising a, a constitutionally protected right, and that burden is going to be disproportionately felt by working class and lower income Americans. If you are living paycheck to paycheck in a neighborhood that is getting worse in terms of public safety, crime is going up, you would like to buy a firearm to protect yourself, maybe to protect your kids, you may very well be priced out of the ability to lawfully exercise your right to keep and bear arms because of some mandatory insurance mandate that criminals aren't going to follow in the first place. Now, the Waldmans say uh, prior bad acts like drunk driving violations would increase premiums. Again, <laughs> prior bad acts currently often prohibit individuals from lawfully owning a firearm. So, for instance, if you're a uh, if you're busted for drunk driving, and that's a felony uh, in some situations, depending on you know if this is your third or fourth offense, uh, you can lose your right to keep and bear arms. It may be easier actually for you to get your driver's license back as a drunk driver than it is for you to regain your Second Amendment rights. But they add other risk factors like age and whether one's taking a gun safety class would be considered, as with the kind of gun being insured. A Ford F-150 costs less than to insure than a Corvette, and likewise a hunting rifle should cost less to insure than a semi-automatic handgun. There's no doubt they write that in America, individuals have the right to bear arms. Like it or not, the U.S. Supreme Court has made that point clear. But with any right comes a cost. And it's time to let the free market tell us the true cost of gun ownership. Well, again, applying a government-imposed mandate is not the free freaking market. It's the opposite of the free market. A free market is inherently free. But a mandate imposed by the government 
is not freedom. It is a restriction on the free market and a restriction on your right and my right to keep and bear arms. One again, that is going to be felt by those who want to stay within the confines of the law. So this isn't a conservative case for gun safety. Because I don't know any conservative who would read what the Waldmans have written and say, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Let's make it harder. Let's make it more expensive. Let's add another burden to the exercise of a constitutionally protected right while doing jack squat to actually prevent violent criminals from acting out on their murderous impulses. There's nothing conservative about this idea. It expands government power. It limits our individual rights. And it does nothing to actually address violent crime. So, uh, no. This conservative, not on board with this common sense gun safety idea. And again, I don't know any conservative who would be. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. Uh, We'll start there with a story out of Waterloo, Iowa, where not a true recidivist report, but in a way, kind of. A uh, Waterloo, Iowa woman has been sentenced to probation in a straw man gun buy. Yeah, it could have been sentenced to five years in prison. That's not how it went down. Instead, five years probation. Um... This straw man gun purchase, by the way, ended up with a preschooler shooting themselves with the gun that they were able to obtain. Uh, 23-year-old Jamie Marie Graham of Waterloo, Iowa, on Friday, since the five years of federal probation on a charge of making a false statement for a firearm purchase uh, in a federal court, by the way, in Cedar Rapids. So this is the Biden administration. This is the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Northern District of Iowa, the same administration that says, we're getting tough on these rogue gun dealers and these gun scoff laws. We're coming down hard on them. Bull, you're not. I guess malarkey. Is that the right word to use? Because uh, you went awfully light on Jamie Marie Graham. Assistant Attorney Dan Chatham wrote in a sentencing memo, Uh, Straw purchases of firearms often place guns in the hands of people whom the law is deemed too irresponsible or dangerous to possess them. While the outcome of the defendant's straw purchases, the accidental discharge of a firearm by a child causing grievous harm to the child may not be the typical dangerous outcome of a straw purchase. It was the outcome just the same. Uh, Graham allegedly uh, purchased the firearm for a 24-year-old Demontre Lefo, that's his nickname, uh, Rayshon Redman, who is prohibited from possessing firearms because of previous felony convictions. He apparently uh, convinced Graham to buy two uh, Glock pistols back on December 4th of last year, signing paperwork uh, asserting that the guns were, in fact, hers. Redman provided a cash card for the transaction. He actually went along to pick out the guns and the ammo uh, after the purchase. Graham then gave Redman the handguns, according to court records, and one of them later ended up in the uh, home of a friend of Redman's about three weeks after... That gun was purchased. A four-year-old child found the gun in the home uh, and then ended up accidentally firing it. Bullet struck the child in the chin and in the head. Uh, The child suffered injuries but did not die, thankfully. Uh, A few weeks after the accident, the uh, child's mom, who Graham had never met, by the way, uh, uh, reached out to her and said, Hey, can you provide me with a sale record that makes it look like you sold this gun to me or to my boyfriend? Because, you know, we want to make sure everything looks on the up and up here. Police contacted Graham in February about the gun purchases. She told officers that the pistols had been stolen from her vehicle a month earlier, so she lied to police. The other firearm that Graham purchased, by the way, has not been recovered. Uh, Redmond, the uh, boyfriend, who was the intended 
recipient of these guns. By the way, arrested on uh, state charges for allegedly shooting at a group of teens in a Cedar Rapids alley in November of 2020. That would be just a few weeks before this uh, straw buy. He was later indicted with Graham in connection with the straw purchase. He is currently awaiting sentencing. So again, the laws are on the books to take these things seriously. And we hear all the time from politicians, we've got to be taking these things more seriously. And then you see people get probation for something like this. After lying to the police, after engaging in this illegal firearms transaction that led to the injury of a child, not directly, but uh, indirectly. And again, a slap on the wrist, a probationary sentence. And this story is going to be forgotten, even in Waterloo, Iowa, uh, by the time tomorrow morning rolls around. Now, today's armed citizen story from the uh, Bay Area of California, where a uh, man broke into his ex's home and was shot and killed. This is the second time, by the way, according to authorities, that the uh, ex broke into his girlfriend's home. This was in Garden Grove, California. The 46-year-old was shot and killed Friday morning around 11 a.m. After uh, breaking into this home, the woman's new boyfriend was inside and shot and killed the 46-year-old suspect. After having been stabbed by that same suspect five days prior. Now, the woman in this case had taken out an order of protection against her ex. The ex had been told, stay away from her home, stay away from her. And he decided to completely ignore that order of protection. He broke into the home. Again, he apparently stabbed his ex's new boyfriend multiple times and then took off before police got there. So he was on the loose. But he'd already broken in once, and then Friday decided to break in again. Bad idea. Uh, the boyfriend was armed at this time, shot and killed his girlfriend's ex. Uh, police do say it looks like a clear-cut case of self-defense. They are uh, continuing to investigate. I suppose there is the potential, and I get into this a little bit at uh, BarryAndArms.com today, there is the potential that this uh, individual could face charges of illegal gun possession. We don't know if he was a gun owner already, but under California law, rem- remember, There is a 10-day waiting period for gun purchases. So if this boyfriend, the day after he had been stabbed by his girlfriend's ex, went down to the gun store and said, hey, you know what? Uh, I'd like to buy a gun because I just got stabbed and this guy's still out there and I'm afraid he's coming back. The gun store owner would have been happy to help him, you know, find a selection and then would have told him, we'll see you in a week and a half. Yes, you've passed your background check. Yes, in most other states around the country, you would be perfectly free to walk out with that firearm. So in the case the abusive ex-boyfriend shows up tonight, you're armed. But this is California we're talking about. So we'll see you in a week and a half. And uh, let's just hope and pray that uh, this guy doesn't come back before then. That is the situation that non-gun owners are put in in California if, God forbid, they are confronted with one of these situations and they realize, I need a gun and I need it now. I don't need a gun in a week and a half. I need a gun tonight because this guy might be coming back. California's gun control laws prevent people from acting in self-defense. Clearly, they don't prevent people from breaking into other people's homes and stabbing them. They don't prevent gang violence. They don't prevent shootings. But they do prevent you from exercising your right to keep and bear arms. Thankfully, again, in this case, the boyfriend was able to get a gun. We don't know if he was a already a gun owner and brought his gun from home to his girlfriend's house. Or if, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe there was a technical violation of the law. And a buddy said, hey, you know what? Why don't you keep this gun for a few days? Hopefully you won't have to use it. We don't know. We don't know. But we do know that California's 10-day waiting period harms people by denying them the right of self-defense 
when it is critically important that they have access to their Second Amendment rights. All right, finally today, our good deed of the day, from Frederick, Colorado, where a, a police officer in the right place at the right time, willing to do the right thing, to uh, save a woman in a car crash. She uh, was honored recently. This this crash happened back in July. But Officer Shauna Payton, uh, just recently, uh, 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 getting recognized, officially anyway, for uh, the work that she did. She was the first officer to arrive at this crash on July 31st, and she noticed a woman pinned between a car and a guardrail. So Peyton then got a group of other first responders and people who were just, you know, they, they were driving by and they saw what happened and they pulled over to actually push the car away from the woman. She was able to slide out underneath the guardrail, uh, managed to, you know, I think save this woman's life. Uh, if she had continued to be pinned, God knows what kind of internal injuries she could have suffered. Uh, this commendation that she received from uh, Chief Todd Norris says she managed the chaotic scene in a calm, composed and compassionate manner. Officer Payton performed commonly and kindly in an extremely difficult setting. Uh, throughout this incident, Officer Payton displayed exceptional professionalism by managing a chaotic scene, orchestrating the effort to free the tap- trapped victim, and providing comfort to the young drivers and the passengers involved. So in the right place, at the right time, we'll able to do the right thing. Officer Shauna Payton there in Frederick, Colorado, we thank you for your very good deed. Now, that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Barry and Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program. As always, we will be back tomorrow, but don't forget to check out BarryandArms.com. In the meantime, we'll be updating the website with all of the news that you need to know about, about your right to keep and bear arms. If you like what you see, of course, you can always become a VIP member. Just use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant discount on your VIP membership. You can find out more at barryandarms.com slash subscribe. We really do appreciate your support. We thank you very much for it. Look forward to talking to you again tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free. 